It's time to put principles ahead of politics. This is Sages of the Sun, brought to you by the New York Sun. Good afternoon. Welcome to Sages of the Sun, the weekly podcast produced by the New York Sun, a newspaper committed to upholding the finest journalistic traditions and remaining true to the motto, it shines for all. My name is Caroline Veek, and I'm joined here by our editor-in-chief, the legendary Seth Lipsky. Today, we are sitting down with Benny Avney, the Sun's chief foreign correspondent and an extraordinary journalist with quite the legacy. We'll be talking all things Middle East to include Iran, the Negev summit, this trying moment in US Gulf relations and the new terror wave in Israel. Welcome, Benny. Hello. So, you know, I know while, the, while much of the world is, is watching Ukraine with a close eye, you've kept a close eye on the Middle East. So tell us, uh, tell us what you're seeing. Well, a big story, obviously, is what you opened with, which is the Iran deal. The Biden administration is in, intent on renewing that 2015 deal that um, by now is near its expiration date anyway, but uh, they're still plowing up. Well, they have in the 2015 deal, they have what they call sunset. Uh, clauses. Uh, one of them already has passed, which is the, the, the ban on selling conventional arms to and from Iran. That already expired. In a couple of years, you have the expiration of any restrictions on missiles. And by 2031, every restriction that was including in the, included in the deal that's called the JCPOA, every restriction expires. So they phase out, you know, every couple of years. And if in 2015, all those dates seem like uh, way in the future, now they're closer to now. So on top of that, there's more, much more giveaways in this new iteration, at least reportedly, than there was in the original one. So Quick question, do these, does the fact that the sunsets are happening sort of mean that whether the Trump administration had pulled out of the deal or not, we would likely be renegotiating some sort of agreement anyway? Well, when the Biden administration came to, when Biden became president, one of the uh, uh, ideas was that we are going to make it longer and stronger, longer sunsets, stronger restrictions. By now, we are shorter and weaker, and still Iran won't sign the dotted line. line. Um, They actually are very comfortable, in my view, just continuing to the discussion over and over and over again at the same time. They can, uh, you know, enrich more uranium, uh, produce more plutonium, and and, uh, hone their uh, missile production. So... You know, I mean, it's 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 a bit, it's much weaker, much shorter now than it was. Um, Can you give us a sense of sort of what it was versus what the rumors have it? This latest agreement will be. Well, we had that scoop that as first down payment, we are going to have like we're going to allow eleven billion dollars to go to Iran for four 
hostages that American hostages that they hold. And it's up to 11 billion. I don't know if it's exactly 11 billion. Nobody knows exactly how much money there is in China and other countries that are being held up. We know 7 billion is being held up by South Korea that is going to be released in order to get those hostages out. Speaking of the hostages, Britain just made a deal to free its hostages, three hostages to be exact. Two of them made it to Britain. One was released as part of the deal and stayed in Iran. And as soon as the a little over half a billion dollars went, made it to the Iranian coffers, they rearrested that third guy. So those deals are written on ice, basically. What, so, what are the other contours of this latest agreement as compared to the last one? Well, obviously, currently the biggest uh, issue on the table is the issue of the IRGC, the uh, Islamic Revolutionary uh, Guard, and the, uh, the Guard Corps. And, you know, the Iranians demand that that uh, group will be taken out of the, uh, the U.S. terror list. It's a big issue politically for Biden because it's not only all Republicans are against it, but at least two Democrats in the Senate that are against it. And so it's not going to be easy. There are rumors now that maybe the Iranians are softening on that, that, that uh, Americans offered the deal that they would take the, the group out of the list, but put on the list some of the leaders of the IRGC so, uh, which is, by the way, it's, it seems to be like a go-to giveaway. The same thing happens with the missiles, with ballistic missiles. The Americans are now floating the idea of, you know, sending missiles. I mean, allowing missiles to be produced in Iran, but uh, sanctioning, they just announced sanctions on the leaders of the missile program. So it's like kind of like, you know, one giveaway after the other, one concession after the other. And, and it's, it's, it's so far the Iranians are comfortable just getting, pocketing each concession and asking for another and meanwhile advancing their program. What happens if there's no deal in your view? It's a good question because, I mean, the, the Trump administration in 2018 walked out on the deal and applied what they call maximum pressure, which is much tougher sanctions on Iran and so on and so forth. That is probably the, the preferred uh, route, except I just can't see the Biden administration doing it. And, and can, what do you think is the Biden administration's logic for wanting a new deal? They're not Trump. You know, they, it was, look, I mean, a lot of the people around Biden and the foreign policy and national security team, uh, people who were, you know, the heart and soul of the 2015 deal, they think it was a great deal that kicked the Iranian nuclear can down the road. And they just couldn't take, they, they couldn't fathom that Trump walked out of it. And since a lot of this foreign foreign policy of the Biden administration anyway is if Trump did it, we all do the opposite. You know, the, these guys are really in love with that deal. So 
I think that's what pushes it. And, and there's, I mean, some of my sources are saying that Robert Malley, Rob Malley, who is running the negotiations, is running around unsupervised, basically giving concessions and then telling the team in the White House and the State Department that, uh, you know, that, that it's already done. But I'm not sure about that. I mean, I, I hear I hear rumbles from here, and, you know, from, uh, for and against that theory. So I don't know. I mean, what I do know is that all of these people around, you know, National Security Advisor, Secretary of State, all of those, are, the, the Deputy Secretary of State, she was like, you know, one of the uh, negotiators in, in 2015. She was the Ramali in 2015, Wendy Sherman. What do we know about the state of, you know, Iranian uh, nuclear activity today? This is one of the contention of the uh, Biden administration that because Trump walked out with it in 2018, they had ratcheted up their production. The reality of that is they were announcing after 2018 that they were going to ratchet up production. But the real advances that they made happened after January 21, which is when Biden came into power. And we are talking now about 60% enrichment. There's more and more uh, kilograms of 60% enriched uranium, which is near uh, near near bomb uh, level. Um, how much of it we're not exactly sure because part of the problem is they also block inspections by the uh, IAEA, which is the UN um, uh, arm of the nuclear inspection. And by the way, Rafael Grassi, IAEA chief, run any of the of the uh, Western negotiation negotiators, including the US. Um, and he's been, for instance, last November, the last time that the uh, board of directors of the IAEA met, which, has, which are his bosses, basically, he suggested that they should censor Iran for obstructing inspection. And the U.S. and the Europeans uh, lobbied against it and basically no censure. So that might be like some of the result of, you ask what happens if there's no deal, maybe one of the results is they will censure it in the IAEA. They will pass a resolution in the Security Council. But the question is how much tougher are they going to get on the sanctions? Benny, I have a question. So is Israel as united politically against the deal now as it was under uh, Benny, uh, uh, Bibi Netanyahu? Well, it depends on how you say, how, what do you mean by Israel? Uh, there are experts in Israel. We hate that word in the New York Sun. There are uh, four former uh, Mossad agents, former Mossad chiefs even, who uh, support the deal, the renewing the deal. But everybody that is in power now including the prime minister, the foreign minister, the defense minister, the head of the Mossad, everybody is on record uh, saying that the uh, renewed deal is not a good idea. 
What about, uh, you know, uh, the left of center parties? I mean, President uh, Herzog was against the deal when he was leading a faction in parliament. Where is he now? I mean, my impression is before it was across the board politically, except maybe for the Arab factions and maybe even for them. I don't know. Well, there were, as I said, there were there's some people who were in this that in the security establishment in the past that yeah, I'm talking about the that, political. I'm talking about the right, political. Right. The political. Look, I mean, there's no left of center, more left of center person than Yair Lapid, who is the foreign minister, and he is on record very adamant against renewing the deal. Got it. Um, so, and where? is the pressure for this coming from within the administration? I mean, who is actually seeking this? Is it Biden? Is it, you know, the deep state? Is it, where is this coming from? Is it the State Department? Well, as I said, I mean, you have the National Security Advisor who was one of the major players last time in 2015 in cutting the deal. You have a, a uh, uh, Secretary of State, who is who was involved in that too, the Deputy Secretary of State, State Wendy Sherman, was actually the one who negotiated the deal at the time. Uh, so basically, everybody around him, and and you know, I'm not talking even about a much quieter advisor, Susan Rice, and all those, they were all involved in the 2015 and are in love with it, with the 2015 deal. So. And if a deal is signed, what do you what do you anticipate will happen? Well, I mean, a lot of money is going to go into the coffers of the dwindling coffers of Iran. What are the estimates? Uh, well, we're talking estimates go up to one hundred and twenty billion dollars. That that's the FD, the Foundation for Defensive uh, Democracies estimate, and you know we're talking about big money, and that money nobody believes that money will go for the welfare of the Iranian people. They will go for more terrorism. Houthis will get money. Hezbollah will get money, and. Hamas and Islamic Palestinian Islamic Jihad, the, the gamut. And that is not that does not bode well for stability and peace in the Middle East, obviously. Thank you for listening to this sample of Sages of the Sun. To listen to the whole episode and access our entire catalog, go to NewYorkSun.com. That's NYSun.com. <laughs>